Thanks for tuning into the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more information, you can go to woodsedge.org or look us up on Facebook under Woods Edge Students. Justin is over in the main building today overseeing the Raw Art Show and Bake Sale. Um, so make sure after the service to go over there, say hi, check out all the goodies because there's some delicious stuff and some cool art. Buy something, support your friends. Um, but because Justin's over there, our good buddy Joe Lanzalotti is going to be bringing us the word here this morning. So why don't you give a warm welcome to Joe. Um, hey, buddy. I'm moving slow back here. Oh, hey, what's up? I'm coming. I'm coming. What's up, students? What? What? Huh? Hey, watch your stuff. Watch your stuff. Y'all didn't invite me back and didn't think I was going to work in fishing into the message, did you? <laughs> Where's Sydney Williams at? Is she here? Sydney? Hey, y'all should really do a better design at your rows. Daniel, will you lift the end of that up on the stage, please, sir? Thank you. Just right there, buddy. That's right. We're going to take turns today. Everybody's going to get a chance. You don't sound enthused. <laughs> Who's ever been kayaking before? Canoeing, same, same difference. Yeah. I had a, a, a junior hire in first service said they, they do paddle boarding. Anybody paddle boarder? Anybody ever tried that? Yeah. Is it as hard as it looks? No. Yeah. no. Oh, I heard many different answers. Reagan, what do you think? Pretty, Pretty easy. <laughs> Got to have good balance. Anybody ever been kayaking down rapids? Yeah? Where at? Colorado. Who else has been kayaking down rapids? I saw another hand. No? No rap, no whitewater kayaking? It's, it's the best. Well, those of you, like 50 of you raised your hand when I said, who's been kayaking? Where do you go kayaking at? Lake Woodlands. The old cesspool. I'm just kidding. Well, this, this is an, I'm going to date myself. This is an old man kayak. And there's only a couple of us in this room that would know about old man fishing kayaks. It's actually, this kayak belongs to my dad, who's in the back, back there. But, um, so whitewater rafting kayaks look a little different, in fact. Whitewater rafting kayaks are a little smaller. They're shaped differently. They're thinner. You have to have really good balance. And um, when I was in college, I actually took a course in kayaking. That's right, Dad. I used our college money to take a course in kayaking. And it was awesome. And at the end of the course, the, the final was a field trip to the Guadalupe River here in Texas. Anybody ever been to the Guadalupe and floated the Guadalupe? Like a constant, what, 55 degrees? It's kind of chilly. And um, before we were allowed to go on the field trip, there were certain techniques in a kayak you had to master. And obviously, you had to know how to do a J-turn and, and some different turns. But the most important one was that if you flipped... You knew how to right yourself, because in a true whitewater rafting kayak, um, you'll be wearing a life jacket that has a skirt on it. Yes, man, I said I wore a skirt. And when you're down inside the kayak, like so, your skirt uh, is attached to your life jacket, and it fits around the lip of your kayak. And so if you were to roll over and envision me upside down, water wouldn't rush into your kayak and, and cause you to swamp. Um, and so in this class, we had to learn how to right yourself if you're upside down, and, and it's difficult. Imagine, have you ever been swimming, 
and, and your friend jump on your shoulders and push you down, and your breath runs out like that, and you're like, for the love of God, get off! <laughs> so you know the feeling when you're upside down and you just want air. Well, that's the feeling that I would get when I would roll over in this thing. I would start to panic, and it was hard for me to learn the move, the maneuver to right myself. And so I didn't actually ever quite get it, but my instructor allowed me to go on the field trip, so we went. And there we are on the Guadalupe River, floating down this river, and the first or second rapid I come to, it was a pretty good little rapid, I flip it, and, and I'm immediately upside down with my skirt on, yeah, envision me with a skirt, polka dots, no, um, and, and I panic, and immediately I bust the seal on that, on that skirt around the kayak, and, and the kayak gets swamped with water, and, and now I'm dragging it to shore when all of my friends are continuing to go down the river, I'm, I'm over there bailing water, you know, all because I couldn't learn this maneuver, but Dude, there are people that do extreme kayaking. I have a short clip just to kind of give you a visual. Take a look at this real quick of this guy going extreme. Notice when he goes upside down. That was actually me. Wait, you don't believe me? Yeah, he wasn't that good looking, was he? So, uh, yeah. No, I can honestly say I've never done anything like that. And you might be wondering, Joe, how in the heck are you going to tie this in to our message today? How has this got to do with anything biblical? Well, sit tight and we'll get there, okay? Hey, who brought their Bibles today? Good for you, Daniel. And you in the back. Awesome. Hey, can I encourage you? Every Sunday, Justin or whoever's teaching is going to be going through this book. It's the most popular book sold in, in the world. And so I would encourage you, um, they're on every bookstore, and there's some in the back. But I encourage you to bring your own. We're going to go through it. And it's also just a good way when we go through passages to learn where those passages are. If you don't have them memorized, some of you do. But if you don't, we're going to be going through the Bible every Sunday. And if you turn it the right way, we're going to be in Mark this morning. It's a second gospel in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Mark chapter 10, and um, we're going to be reading a, a short passage about a rich young ruler, and, and this passage is told uh, three different times throughout the, the Gospels. It's told in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and um, 
So we know that this guy, just setting the stage for you, he's, he's young, he's educated, and, and he's wealthy. And so uh, we're going to pick up in Mark chapter 10, verse 17. And if you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You know you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone and honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? And this amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Here's the lie. The lie is that we can love the things of this world and still love Jesus with just as much passion. The truth is, to follow Jesus, we got to sell out. we got to give everything. Now, this question of how to obtain, inherit eternal life has been around since the beginning of time. In fact, some of the first humans that God created, they had this, this desire to know what it was like, what is going to happen when we die. And believe it or not, when God created us, you, he created you with that same wonderment, curiosity. What is this thing about eternal life? What's going to happen when we die? I mean, am I the only one that thinks about those things? Do you wonder what's going to happen when you die? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's inherent nature. I mean, if you didn't raise your hand, you're, you're probably fooling yourself because I know you guys think about it. I mean, there, there's a couple things that men and women think about. Death and life after death. In fact, most of you know I have two boys, right? Chance and Leo, about yay big, four and three years old. Um, just two Sundays ago, we're leaving the church parking lot and we're out on Gosling. And my oldest, Leo, just driving along out of the blue, he goes, Dad, I'm ready to go to heaven. No, you're not. You're going to stick around for a little while. In time, you'll go to heaven. So I'm like, well, where did that come from? What are they teaching you in Kids Edge? You know, I started wondering things like that. But my four-year-old asked me questions all the time about heaven. What's it like? Who's there? And he wants to know if there's toys there. You know, he wants to know, is our dog there? I mean... Things go on in this brain that I don't know if happens in most four-year-olds. I don't know if I started thinking about that stuff until I was your age. But I mean, he's already pondering those things. And so I know if he's pondering those things, we all ponder those things. And we see in this passage that this, this young man's pondering the same thing. In fact, it says he ran up to Jesus. There's one thing you got to know about when Jesus walked the earth. When he started teaching, 
he became very popular and unpopular with different, you know, socials and, and different peoples. But thousands of people followed him. I mean, if they saw him walking, they wanted to be next to Jesus. They wanted to hear what he was talking about. And so it's no surprise that if somebody had the opportunity to run up to him in a brief moment, they were going to do everything they could to get in front of him. And people love to ask him the tough questions. Do you ask Jesus the tough questions? I hope you do. I hope you ask Jesus before you go to the internet, before you go to Google. I hope you would go to Jesus first. Because as we'll continue reading, he answers him. If you want to follow along with me, I'm going to be in um, verse 17. They were starting out. He knelt down. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus comes back with, and, and Jesus always answers our questions, not how we would think they should be answered. And he says, well, why do you call me good? There's only one who's truly good. Interesting here. Jesus being fully God, but yet fully human, understands and points this guy back to the Father. Jesus was always about the Father's will. And he's pointing this guy back to the Father as, as he would himself. So he says, um, you know, there's, there's only one good teacher, and that is God. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, he goes on, he's going to answer it. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. And you must not cheat anyone and honor your father and mother. Remember, this, this young man that came before Jesus and knelt and showing great respect, he's educated. In fact, uh, one of the gospels says that he might have been an authoritative figure of some sorts. So Jesus, recognizing that um, he's educated, reminds him of the commandments. And what does the guy do next? He says, well, Jesus, I've kept all those. I've kept all of them since I was, you know, knee-high to a grasshopper. Jesus says, that's true, you have. But there's one thing you haven't done. Take a look at this. Verse 21, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love. Felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done. He told him. Go and sell all your possessions. Give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. This is where we get to see the heart of Jesus. Because Jesus, remember, fully human and also fully God, knows everything about this guy. He knows everything that this guy's thinking. He knows everything that this guy's ever done in his life. He's fully God. And he knows all the stuff that he's done bad, all the stuff that he's done good. And he says, I choose to look past all that. And I have genuine love for you. Now, just stop there for a minute because we've been in this guy's shoes before. I mean, think about how many times in your mind you think to yourself, man, I've got to earn it. I've got to earn this in order to do that. I've got to be this to be that. You know, I can think back when I was a, a young boy and I wanted something. If I wanted something, I would usually go to my dad and ask my dad, how do I earn that? And my dad might give me a list of chores to do. And, and, and after I completed those chores, you know, I, I then might go to him and say, well, I, I did this, I did that. And he might walk me back through and see if I did it right. But you know what? Sometimes it didn't always mean I got it right away. You ever been there before? 
You ever wanted something and, and gone to your mom or your dad and said, what do I got to do to earn it? You ever thought about that way with eternal life? What do I have to do to earn this? You know, what do I, how good do I have to be? Do I really got to keep all those commandments? Do I got to do everything right? I think that's where this guy is. I think that's where this rich young ruler is. He's thinking, what do I got to do to spend eternity in heaven with you, Jesus? So Jesus reminds him of the law. And the guy obviously says, hey, did it, completed it. What next? What else you got for me? And Jesus says, knowing everything about this guy, says there's still one thing you haven't done. You see, Jesus knew that this guy's treasure was in his riches, that his heart was in his wealth. And he says, hey, you really? You really want to have a relationship with me? You really want to walk with me? Because there's some things between you and me that you've got to let go. And so he's frank with him. I mean, he's honest. Hey, dude, go sell everything. Go sell everything. Give your money to the poor. And we actually kind of see two-part here. He explains eternal rewards here to this guy in a brief sentence. And you'll have treasure in heaven. But then, then you want to walk with me? You want to know what, what, what my heart is for you? Follow me. And, and according to the scripture, it doesn't sound like this guy did it. Because he goes away sad knowing that he'd have to give up all his stuff. He'd have to give up everything he had. Been there? Have you ever been in that situation where, man, you've got to give something up? I have. But I want to go back to something. Because this is where, this is where no matter where we've walked in our lives up to this point, Jesus' heart says, I care for you. I care about your eternity. In fact, I mean, it says that early on in the scriptures in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that God set eternity in the hearts of men. Whether you realize it or not, God has created you to wonder about these. He's given you this desire, this curiosity about eternal life. It's in you. And Jesus says, I don't care where you've been in your life. My heart is for you to know me. And, and, and whatever is separating you from me, let's, let's fix it. Let's, let's get rid of it so that we can walk down this road together. So I ask you this morning, what are you holding on to like this rich young ruler that's keeping you from being able to experience Jesus in his fullness, in his goodness, in his perfect love? And I'm just going to ask you real quick to be honest with yourself. Because you're not fooling anybody but yourself. I mean, we just saw it in the passage. Jesus knows your thoughts. He knows where your treasure really lies. You know, is it, is it in wealth? I mean, you're, you're kind of young to maybe be worrying about, you know, obtaining large amounts of wealth. But it might be. Is it in an unhealthy relationship? I mean, let's go a little deeper. Is it in addictions? And I'll spell them out for you. Is it, is it in pornography? Is it in alcohol? You know, is, it, is it sex? Before marriage? I mean, we, we squirm when we hear those words, but really, what, what is keeping us from walking in fullness 
with our creator, with the lover of our souls. You know, hey, maybe it's the unseen. What's, is fear keeping you from walking in a true relationship with Jesus? Is it disobedience? And I'm not coming at you here. I'm just, let, let's, let's be real this morning. Is it insecurities? Is it fear? Popularity? The American dream? And we live in a society that says, hey, if you're not popular and you're not wearing the cool clothes and you don't have a certain amount of friends on your Instagram account or Facebook or whatever it is, you're not cool and you're not fitting in. Is, is worrying about those things keeping you from walking in fullness with Christ? Hey, that's between you and God. Okay, so we'll go back to the kayak illustration here. When, when you saw that guy do his extreme uh, kayaking, he had some pretty intense gear on, didn't he? He had his helmet, he had his life jacket, and his manly skirt. And, and when he was going down the rapids, I mean, he was in this thing, right? He was, he was all in, right? I mean, he was seated in that sucker. He had it sealed. Come here. He had his paddle. Meant the first, I knocked that one down the first service, too. I'm on a roll, Dwight. And, uh, you know, do you think he'd have gotten very far if he didn't have on that protective skirt around his kayak? And he'd have gotten swamped, wouldn't he? When, as soon as he, he went under, he'd have been like, oh, for the love of God, get me out of here. You know, he'd have been gasping for air. I mean, yeah, there's, there's quiet spots in rivers, but what about when he got to the rapids and, and he didn't have his helmet or his life jacket on or, or he didn't have his paddle? Man, could you envision this for just a second? What if that helmet is like the, the helmet of salvation and, and that life jacket is like the breastplate of righteousness and this, this paddle, what if this is like the sword of truth? And if you truly know how to use the word of God, can it navigate you through any obstacles in life? Man, that guy was all in. If he had, had so much, had, had one foot out, He'd have been unbalanced. I mean, could you imagine him trying to, to kayak standing up? I mean, it, it just doesn't work. And, and what if he had one foot in, one foot out? Is that dude going anywhere? No. No. He's not going anywhere. And, and I'm just going to paint this picture for you because I, I have a feeling that some of you might be in this boat, pun intended, this morning. Do you have one foot in, one foot out? Are you trying to walk along in your relationship with Christ with one foot in this world? Because I got news for you. You may, you may be thinking you're fooling yourself by coming to church and just checking off that box with that one foot in. Okay, I got my one foot in. Went to church, went to my small group, and I got my one foot out in the world. And only you and God know what that thing is. But I'm just going to be real with you. You're not going to grow in your relationship with God. You're not going to experience the fullness that God the Father wants you to experience while you're walking on this earth. He made it pretty clear to this rich young ruler, you can't have one foot in your wealth and one foot thinking you're going to follow me. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But here's the silver lining. Because no matter what you're walking through 
up to this point. No matter what you drug in here this morning, as cumbersome as a kayak, no matter what it is, Jesus' heart is this for you. I genuinely love you. I genuinely care so much for you. And if you're willing, if you're willing to be silent just for a minute, I'll tell you what it is that's keeping you and me from being together. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to be still before God and, and just let him breathe into you? I mean, that can happen this morning. That can happen before we leave this room. The lie is, is that we can love the things of this world as much as we love Jesus. And the truth is, to follow Jesus, we got to sell out. we got to give everything. And that is his desire. So I'm just going to ask this morning, between, between you and God, what is it? Can you be real with him? Would you be willing to take your relationship with the Lord a step further? I'm just going to invite the band up here and and I'm just going to ask you while they're coming up here. Would you be real with God for this morning? Would you close your eyes with me and, and let's truly just come before the Lord's presence? What did you walk in here this morning? What did you bring with you that's keeping you from truly experiencing God in his fullness, his full grace? His full love, His full peace in your life. Would you just take a moment and confess between you and God what that is? And there's power in confession, there's power in being real with God because you're not fooling Him. Man, are you ready to leave that junk to the side and walk in fullness? Then tell him you repent from it, that you no longer want that to be a part of your life, that you're willing to sell out of the old and come into the new and enter in this full-blown relationship where you have eyes for him alone. And after you repent from it, this is an important next step because you've got to receive his forgiveness. Would you tell him you receive his grace over your life? Would you tell him that you receive the blessing that he wants to bestow upon you? That you're ready to receive his strength? after you confess, repent, and now receive and His grace and receive His forgiveness in your heart, tell Him you're ready to follow Him with full abandonment, sold out for the cause of sharing His love with others, of sharing the gospel, of worshiping Him most importantly. And just quietly tell Him how much you love Him. God, we do love you.
We love you with everything we have. Lord, we confess we're not perfect. We confess our need for a Savior. Lord, when anything comes up that starts to come between you and us, God, we need your strength to eradicate it. Not because we want to earn our way into heaven, Lord, but because we want to receive your gift of grace and walk in fullness with you while we live on this earth. And maybe this morning you're sitting out there and you're thinking, I've never received any of this. I hope you recognize that God sent his son Jesus onto this earth to bear your sin, to bear the burdens of all the troubles of life that you'll ever come into and ever go into. Jesus already paid the price. There's no amount of past sin, present sin, or future sin that can keep you from the kingdom of eternal life when you simply believe that Jesus is your Savior and you follow him with all your heart. If you receive that right now, would you tell somebody this afternoon? Would you you come tell Kaylin or Justin or myself or tell your parents? We'd love to walk with you in this new decision you made. Lord God, we're so thankful for you. We're so thankful that you love us and you've loved us first. And God, you've shown us what love is, what true love is. God, we, we chase after it. We desire to be enveloped in this love daily. And we pray these things in your son Jesus' name, amen. We're going to continue our response. And I recognize that in the student ministry, you guys take communion almost every Sunday, am I right? And you give your tithes to the Lord. And, and, and if I could just really encourage you that when you take those elements, you're not just going through the motions here. Communion, like it says, is between you and the Lord. I mean, this is an opportunity to become vulnerable with God. Hey, you got stuff on your heart. This is an opportunity to continue to give yourself in vulnerability and to look at those elements and say, Lord, this juice representing your blood, thank you. Thank you that your blood covers every single one of my sins. Do you view it that way? I hope you do. I hope you view it that way. It covers you. Do you view that little wafer as the body of Christ, the Christ, the body that was put on a cross, that was broken, that was beaten, that was hung up there to die in your place? Because that's what it is. And when we really think about those elements, God should bring you to your knees. Take them with sincerity. And it's worship. You know, we were created to know about these things, or created to desire about these things of eternal life, we were created to worship. And this is true worship. Hey, and there's that, the box on either end to bring your tithes. Hey, we just learned from this passage where your treasure is is where your heart is. And, and, and if you're holding on to those funds because you think that you can do more with it than God, shame on you. I mean, give in a way that worships the Lord. It says, God, I trust you can do more with my allowance, with my, the money I make for my job than I can. Do you trust that God can 
do more with your money than you? Because it's an act of worship to give it back to him. And I don't care if it's a dollar. Bring that dollar out of reverence. God, I trust you with this. Let's worship the Lord. Lord, we praise you. We worship you this morning. You're worthy of our praise. And we exalt you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Respond to the Lord. Respond to the Lord. Thanks for listening to the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. Please feel free to share copies of this podcast, but do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way. For more information, please visit woodsedge.org or find us on Facebook under Woods Edge Student.